Welcome to the Boston, Massachusetts Injury Lawyers Podcast for Jeffrey Glassman Injury Lawyers, the podcast designed to get you the information you need to make educated decisions about your personal injury claim. Mesothelioma is a deadly form of cancer linked solely to exposure to asbestos, a building material used heavily from the 1800s through the late 1970s. In this episode of the Boston, Massachusetts Injury Lawyers Podcast, we're going to talk about what mesothelioma is, how this particular cancer is caused, and how you or your loved one can get compensation for your mesothelioma claim. So stay tuned. As I said in the intro, mesothelioma is a deadly form of cancer which has been linked solely to exposure to asbestos. Now, this terminal malignancy develops in the protective lining that covers many of the body's internal organs, including and especially the lungs. Although median survival rate following diagnosis is less than one year, the lapse between exposure and diagnosis can often span decades. The Boston Wrongful Death Attorneys at Jeffrey Glassman Injury Lawyers know mesothelioma litigation is highly technical and complex, requiring extensive investigation and meticulous preparation. Just overcoming the hurdle of a defense-favored summary judgment or dismissal on technical legal grounds can be a significant challenge. Our dedicated legal team has secured numerous victories for our clients and their families against companies that knew asbestos-laden products and materials were dangerous and yet failed to take protective action or provide adequate warning. In some cases, firms actively concealed the risk from workers and the public. So let's talk a little bit about how we can diagnose mesothelioma. Mesothelioma is a form of cancer that affects the lungs and throughout the abdomen. It's called mesothelioma because it occurs within the mesothelial cells that line the outer surface of most internal organs. Now, this lining is referred to as the mesothelium, Specifically, mesothelioma affects the tissues that cover the lungs and abdomen. About two-thirds or three-quarters of the time, mesothelioma occurs in the chest. This is called pleural mesothelioma. When the disease is diagnosed in the abdomen, it's called peritoneal mesothelioma. The disease is caused by exposure to asbestos, as, as we've said. Specifically, individuals will inhale fibers, and those fibers become lodged in the lining of the lung. Some fibers are breathed in, coughed up, and then swallowed, which is most likely the cause of peritoneal mesothelioma. Asbestos exposure is the presumed cause of mesothelioma. Exposure to the material is also known to result in asbestosis, COPD, and lung cancer. Some of the early symptoms of mesothelioma and asbestos-related illnesses include shortness of breath, a cough or change in the cough pattern, blood in the fluid coughed up from the lungs, pain in one's chest or abdomen, bowel obstruction, difficulty swallowing, severe weight loss, and blood clotting abnormalities or anemia. Early diagnosis is critical for mesothelioma patients. The disease is fatal, and there is no known cure, though some treatments have been shown to prolong lifespan and life enjoyment. 
researchers and medical teams are still constantly working to develop new treatments and medications, and many continue to hold out hope of finding a cure. So what are some of the sources of asbestos exposure? A diagnosis of mesothelioma may seem to be just the beginning, but the fact is the damage was done long before. The latency period, that is the time between the exposure and the diagnosis, usually ranges from 20 to 50 years. Asbestos is a mineral mined and used commercially in North America since the late 1890s, particularly during World War II and in post-war manufacturing and construction. Building industries use this naturally occurring fibrous material to strengthen plastics and cement and to improve sound absorption, fireproofing, roofing, and insulation. Shipbuilders used it to insulate hot water pipes, steam pipes, and boilers. Auto industry manufacturers found the material useful for clutch pads and brake shoes. The material was also found in a variety of adhesives, coatings, plastics, paint, floor, and ceiling tiles. Basically, it was everywhere. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission banned asbestos for certain uses in 1978, and the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency banned all new uses of the material in 1989. However, and this is crucial, all previous uses are still allowed. Some companies do continue to use it, but they do so at their own risk because the danger is well known at this point, and many companies that used to produce asbestos-laden products have been the subject of extensive litigation. Dozens were forced to file bankruptcy, and trusts were established from which current and future victims and their families continued to seek compensation for illness and wrongful death. A significant number of people were exposed to asbestos during the course of their work, and then the families of the workers were exposed when the workers came home with clothing covered with asbestos dust. Some occupations in which asbestos exposure was common are asbestos miners, of course, but also armed force service members, auto mechanics and auto plant workers, building engineers, construction workers, custodians, demolition crews, drywallers, electricians, plumbers, railroad workers, rubber workers, shipyard workers, warehouse workers, and factory workers in locations that produced plastic or heat-resistant clothing or fabrics. Consumers, too, were exposed in the course of carrying out home renovation projects. And exposure continues to occur to this day when individuals and companies are careless during demolition and renovation projects, failing to take proper precautions to ensure asbestos doesn't become friable and airborne. When it comes to compensation, employers are generally protected under workers' compensation laws. For those who likely sustained occupational exposure, workers' compensation benefits can and should be secured early in the process to cover medical expenses and, if applicable, lost wages. Beyond that, however, litigation typically focuses on asbestos product manufacturers. In most cases, more than one defendant is named because exposure likely occurred from multiple sources. It's imperative that all relevant defendants be properly identified and that all applicable statutes of limitations are observed. This means that lawsuits must be timely filed 
with the clock typically starting to run at the time of asbestos illness diagnosis. Well, as you can see from this brief overview, a mesothelioma lawsuit is a complex affair and should only be attempted by an experienced personal injury lawyer. Please let us help you if you think you may have a mesothelioma lawsuit. Contact Jeffrey Glassman Injury Lawyers today for a free and confidential consultation. Thanks for listening to the Boston, Massachusetts Injury Lawyers Podcast for Jeffrey Glassman Injury Lawyers. If you have any further questions, please feel free to call us at 617-777-7777 or go to our website, jeffreysglassman.com and use the handy contact form to set up an appointment to discuss your personal injury case. Please remember that the initial consultation is free and that we get no fee unless we are successful in settling your case. Please like this podcast, rate and review us. That really helps us grow. And follow the Boston, Massachusetts Injury Lawyers podcast to hear future episodes about all aspects of personal injury law and how it applies to your personal injury case.